Check one, two. Check one, two. Hey. Hello, kids. Welcome. Welcome back to school. How's it going so far? Pretty good. Lots of fun. Glad to be out of the heat. Finally, um, getting to talk about that summer uh, reading that uh, was on your mind the whole time. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I was just trying to get that off my chest. Man, some good reads this summer, I'll tell you what. Anyway, um, maybe you got a, uh, a test to study for. God, those are fun. Maybe um, you've got a book report to do. Gosh. I mean, it just doesn't end. Maybe you're supposed to be doing the book report right now, but you know, you're like, man, I need to put everything down, put it away. You know, math homework sounds fun, but I've got that really uh, intellectual, intellectual poetry podcast I've been meaning to uh, listen to. I'm going to tune in. I'm going to get my priorities straight. Anyway, if, if that's you, uh, welcome to Poetry Dose the podcast about poetry from the smallest state in the Union, good old Rhode Island. Anyway, today in honor of great poets and school, back to school, we have Mr. Aaron Coleman. On the podcast. And um, per usual, we got um, a reading from Aaron at the head here, um, where he reads one of his own poems, which is about school, partially, on the surface level. There's a little bit about being a a kid in school there, and there's a lot more. Uh, It's a great great listen and then he treats us um in the second half with a poem that meant a lot to him i'm not going to say much more except i will tell you quickly here about aaron's background because it's pretty impressive aaron coleman is the author of threat come close from four-way books and the chapbook street trigger Selected by Adrian Mateka. Sorry if I butchered that. For the 2015 Button Poetry Prize. He's a Fulbright Scholar and Cave Kenman Fellow from Metro Detroit. Aaron has lived and worked with youth in locations including Spain, South Africa, Chicago, St. Louis, and Kalamazoo. Nice. Aaron's poems have appeared in journals including Boston Review, Fence, and New York Times Magazine. As a poet and translator from Spanish, Aaron has received awards including the American Literary Translators Association's Janssen Memorial Fellowship, the Tupelo Quarterly Poetry Contest, and the Cincinnati Review Schiff Award. Aaron is currently a Ph.D. student at Washington University in St. Louis, studying 
20th century literature of the African diaspora and translation studies in the Comparative Literature Program's International Writers Track. So there you have it. And without any further ado, here is Mr. Aaron Coleman. My name is Aaron Coleman, and I'll be reading my poem on acquiescence. And I'll talk about that title afterwards. We were crossing town again, on the bus. Our point guard, who could never sit still, be stilled, said, playing with my money is like playing with my emotions between his teeth. He leaned into the aisle, mimicking Big Worm's anger we'd watched on TV. My teammate and I shared more than the same name. All of us slapped seats with laughter, barely understanding, on the bus, crossing town in ties and slacks, heading to our JV game. After school, but before the match, I had wanted to say, don't play, to a girl I smiled with too much in her white-on-white volleyball knee highs and skin. Down in the empty, late after-school classroom, both of us, too borderline, looking at each other as if lost in the angles of blinds and skin and dusk. I was never quite sure about her touch. Metal detecting fingertips, seeking shrapnel, we held something quiet. We crossed town, off the bus, chins up, another contest, away, rarely smiling, undressing, and changing into uniform, I remembered her hands, put mine where she put hers on my body. A boy said, and you know this, man. We laughed and talked shit when what we wanted to do was understand. I remember the fists of the boy with my name when he, hot-headed and light-skinned, cut across the court, breakneck toward the white man hurling slurs from the front row of his home game. Fourth quarter, seeing a tall, blonde son, maybe his, knocked onto hardwood. The perennial black versus white school rivalry. When my name streaked towards the bleachers, reached for the screaming white man. Our black feathers rustled like midnight peacocks claiming our cage, the polished floor. We were cross town. We were off the bus. We weren't safe. Not while playing away or sweat-soaked inside patent leather Jordans, toes clenched like talons, cursing with our bodies under the buzzer's horn, straining to empty what gets stuck in hands. Weapons that clutch torsos and throats, hummed in muscle, flexed shut. Off at this distance, I hold less noise and more silence. But what if we are made of this violence? Um, I think the reason why this poem is so important to me is because of the way that it creates these intersections between being a young man playing basketball, figuring out dating, racism, uh, friendship, camaraderie, physical violence. Um, and you know, I was an athlete in high school and a little, little bit into college. And um, you know, 
I try to come to terms with all the ways that that shaped me. Um, and so, you know, I think when you're a young person trying to figure out your own mind and figure out your own body at the same time you're trying to figure out the world, it's complicated um, and can be pretty stressful. And I know that for me, this poem and the narrative of it and sort of the way that it moves from the joking on the bus to um, the encounter with another young student um, who's of a different race and how this poem speaker is making sense of it, you know, which is the poem speaker is, you know, maybe based on the poet, I'll say, um, without being too direct. Um, but the way that that speaker moves in these spaces of the bus where he's trying to prove himself with his friends and moves through the spaces with this young woman where he's trying to prove himself with her. And then the moment on the court and the fight that happens on the court when this parent from another team shouts at a, shouts a, a racial slur at, at another at a, at a kid, at a kid playing a basketball game, um, <laughs> which was something that really happened when I was a sophomore in high school. Um, and I still process it. So, you know, the title, On Acquiescence, um, for me, acquiescence, you know, it's a big word, but I'm interested in creating those intersections and making it so that, you know, the big words belong to all of us too, you know, to me as a young black man. Um, but acquiescence has got me thinking about the things that we accept or the things we give into, and then also the ways we stick up for ourselves or the ways we don't stick up for ourselves. Um, and I don't mean that necessarily just in physical ways, but sort of what do we hold on to ourselves emotionally or even spiritually in whatever you know matrix of faith that, that people have. Um, so to me, I just hope that this poem creates space for people to think about what it means to be a young person and a young black person and a young black man with a little bit more compassion and with a little bit more thoughtfulness and not with this idea that anyone has to be perfect, but just noticing the ways that people are striving to grow and to change. Um, and then finally, that question, you know, that the poem ends with, what if we are made of this violence, you know, and that makes me Think about what it means to be a young American um, in all the ways that we're surrounded about, or by violence in schools and, and elsewhere, and American violence around the world. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a scary question, but given all of the violence that is around us, I hope this poem does the opposite of that violence. I hope this poem is a, is a space for connection, is a space for thoughtfulness, is a space for compassion for others and compassion for ourselves and gives us a chance to sort of pause and not rush and think about who we are and who we want to become. Um, maybe I'll leave it at that. Thank you guys. Theme for English B by Langston Hughes. The instructor said, go home and write a page tonight and let that page come out of you. Then it will be true. I wonder if it's that simple. I am 22, colored, born in Winston-Salem. I went to school there, then Durham, then here to this college on the hill above Harlem. 
I am the only colored student in my class. The steps from the hill lead down into Harlem, through a park, then I cross St. Nicholas, 8th Avenue, 7th, and I come to the Y, the Harlem Branch Y, where I take the elevator up to my room, sit down, and write this page. It's not easy to know what is true for you or me at 22, my age, but I guess I'm what I feel and see and hear, Harlem, I hear you, hear you, hear me, we too, you, me, talk on this page. I hear New York too. Me? Who? Well, I like to eat, sleep, drink, and be in love. I like to work, read, learn, and understand life. I like a pipe for a Christmas present, or records, Bessie, Bop, or Bach, I guess being colored doesn't make me not like the same things other folks like who are other races. So will my page be colored that I write? Being me, it will not be white. But it will be a part of you, instructor. You are white, yet a part of me as I am a part of you. That's American. Sometimes, perhaps, you don't want to be a part of me. Nor do I often want to be a part of you. But we are. That's true. As I learn from you, I guess you learn from me. Although you're older and white and somewhat more free. This is my page for English B. So that poem by... Langston Hughes just kind of knocked my socks off, I think, when I was like 14 or 15 years old. And I think it was the earnestness and the vulnerability, the way that the character that Langston Hughes creates is willing to be honest about what he isn't sure about. And he's also willing to be honest about what he knows to be certain and true for him. And so I appreciate the way that the speaker seems so wise and also so young at the same time, um, which I think is true, you know, because wisdom uh, isn't necessarily attached to age um, and our experiences can make us grow in so many ways. So I appreciated that about the poem, um, that it was really, it just felt honest to me. And I think that, you know, growing up just outside of, uh, Detroit, I, I found myself in situations that where race was always an issue, that I was either an outsider in one place or an insider in one place where I thought I was an outsider and just sort of dizzying in, in different places um, around the Metro Detroit area. So for me, it was really valuable to see a young person talking about race and calling these things out from a place of compassion. Um, which is no easy thing to do, uh, even now, as an older person uh, for myself. So it's those things, it's the little lists. I love this moment. Well, I like to eat, sleep, drink, and be in love. I like to work, read, learn, and understand life. Um, you know, those two lines sort of right in the middle of the poem, they feel like the spine of the poem to me. And then, to me, I think, as I think about what's valuable to me and sort of distilling it down to its most simple level, um, those those lines they they speak a lot and they say a lot. 
Um, so yeah, I think it's a wonderful little poem and I hope that it is um, useful to anybody young out there that can think about, uh, that doesn't think about poetry as something that's available to them. You know, that doesn't think uh, that they can create a world for themselves out of worlds, out of, out of words. Um, that doesn't feel like poetry is a thing that young black Americans or any Americans of color uh, aren't allowed to access. Um, this poem really in that way is its own sort of quiet tour de force um, because this person is willing to grow. They know who they are. Um, and as a poet, I'm always just trying to do the same thing. I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to figure out who I am. So hopefully this poem is useful to you guys. Um, Theme for English B by Langston Hughes. Thanks. kids have fun this year if you want to find out more about aaron you know how to research things just google double a r o n coleman and there's a lot to learn thank you to aaron for coming on the show hit us up at poetry at gmail.com let your teachers know they should be listening to poetry dose and reading poetry Thank you. Bobby. What? If you don't eat your meat, how can you have any pudding? How can you have any pudding if you don't eat your meat? I don't know, Dick. Two, three, four. Wall. The wall. Today's music brought to you by the powerful Richard Cheese. Find him on all your musical outlets for all your lounge singer needs. Good night.